I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. I'm going to hang up this phone, and then I'm going to show these people what you don't want them to see. I'm going to show them a world without you. A world without rules and controls, without borders or boundaries. A world where anything is possible. Where we go from there is a choice I leave to you. Welcome back to Keanu Believe It, the Talk Film Society podcast that is all Keanu Reeves all the time. I'm Sam Van Heron, assistant editor at TFS, and a lifelong fan of the singular Keanu Reeves. I will be your guide through his diverse and interesting career. Each week, a guest and I discuss a film from his filmography, which we are working through in chronological order. On this episode, we'll be discussing The Day the Earth Stood Still. Joining me to discuss the remake of the sci-fi classic is Trey Lawson. How's it going, Trey? I'm doing well. Great to be here. Thanks so much for being here. Uh, as it's your first time, uh, why don't you let us know uh, your feelings and uh, opinions on Keanu uh, overall? Yeah, I um, am a big Keanu Reeves fan, especially in recent years. Uh, when I was younger, uh, I, I guess it was a little easier to find things to sort of laugh about or make fun of. Uh, you know, the the Bill and Ted days, um, and even movies that I did not appreciate as much back then that I do now, like Dracula. Mm -hmm. Um, But these days I I am firmly in the pro Keanu camp. Um, I think he has a much broader range than he gets credit for um, and has worked in an impressive variety of genres. So I, I really tend to look forward to when he has new stuff coming out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm right there with you, which, uh, which is, uh, broken record at this point. Uh, this is the episode into the show, but uh, yeah, I'm a fan for sure, and it's and I agree with you. I think it, also a lot of people have been in that same position where, especially me included, of going through phases of you know I I loved him at first, and then I as I entered the pretentious teenage era, you know, of people everyone around me saying that he was bad, you know, part of that seeped into me a little bit, but then I only for like a couple of years, but then I was like. No, screw that. He's great. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he he did a Branna Shakespeare movie and held his own with people like Denzel Washington. So, right, <laughs> he, he's better than he gets credit for, for sure. Uh, so, this is an interesting one. Uh, the day the earth stood still. I remember. Uh, so, Scott Derrickson's remake, uh, and I. I mean, this was this came out in two thousand eight. So, it was a very that was a very busy uh, movie year. I mean, that was you know Iron Man, The Dark Knight, lots of. Uh, and even more, many more than that, but it was, you know, uh, I mean, the launch of the MCU. So this, this one's kind of gotten swallowed in the, uh, since in the years since, but I remember the year it came out being really excited about it. Um, just based on the idea. I mean, I was a fan of the original. Uh, have you seen the original before? Uh, seeing yes. This one? Yeah. In fact, I, I, I revisited both before we, uh, started recording. So, uh, I, I was a fan of the original before the remake came out. Um, and and because of that, definitely was curious to see the remake back when it was announced. 
Yeah, I mean, so I remember, uh, I'm trying to remember exactly when it came. I can't remember if it was a fall movie or if it was a summer I'm, movie, but I remember. I feel like it was maybe early fall, sort of late summer, early fall is what I'm remembering, but I could be wrong about that. But, uh, and I forgot how, you know, many people, how uh, John, I for, completely forgot John Hamm was in this. And I remember seeing this in theaters. Uh, did you see the, this this in theaters? I did not. I The first time I saw it was probably when it hit DVD. Um, I had uh, the disc-based Netflix at that point, and, uh, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure that was how I first saw it. Yeah, I so yeah, okay, so it was a it was a Christmas movie, that's right. Okay. Uh, came out a couple of weeks before Christmas. So, uh but yeah, it was uh and it it I remember the trailers and it, even the it was you know pitched as kind of like trying to be like a new Independence Day or like that kind of, you know, event. Yeah, uh, sci-fi in film fact, and, as I was I, I took some notes while I was watching this time around and like within the first 20 minutes I wrote down a few titles that it reminded me of and mm-hmm. the first one was Independence Day. Right. Um, but, but also, um, it seems like in that roughly five or six year period, they were really trying to bring back that sci-fi disaster movie genre again. Right. Um, Oh three war of the worlds, um, the 2007 invasion of the body snatchers remake, um, day after tomorrow in 2004. Um, and they all had that same kind of blockbuster sci-fi vibe. Right. Uh, I mean, and even like, you know, the War of the Worlds remake, I mean, you know, the, the three years earlier. Uh, yeah. But I, and honestly, I remember the trailers selling this as, you know, like, a, you know, like a blockbuster action movie or like that uh, even maybe suggesting that, you know, there's going to be a bunch of ass kicking, but it's really not that at all. I mean, it's very much, uh, it's basically, you know, it's a, yeah, it's a disaster movie at its core um, with uh, Keanu you know, being weird uh, as Klaatu was. But I honestly think he's great. I think he's a great choice to play Klaatu. The movie has a lot of issues, but I don't think casting is one of them. I don't know that I can think of anyone else sort of in that age group of actors at that point that I would rather see play the part. Um, For sure. He's just really good at nailing that kind of stoic, not quite human behavior. Right, uh, and I and I so it's funny. So I remember seeing this in theaters, but I honestly, as I was rewatching it uh, before recording, I just shocked how little I remembered of it. Like, I, mm-hmm. there's really only one scene that I was like, "Oh yeah, I remember this now," and the, the rest of it was kind of. Well, and then I guess the the final scenes, but uh, so uh, are what do you think overall? Are you a fan of this movie? I I liked it a lot more this time than I did the first time I saw it. Um, I, I think the first time I watched it, I was way more interested in how faithful it was to the original. Sure. And on that level, it's, it's not a particularly accurate remake if you want to judge it on those terms. However, however, I think looking at it now in terms of the movie it wants to be rather than the movie I wanted it to be, um, I, I think it actually does some really interesting things with the the story yeah i agree and i remember being a little uh being maybe maybe i was i'm you know rose-colored glasses but i remember i think i was actually colossally disappointed when i first saw it maybe based on just what i was expecting again what i was expecting what the uh trailers sold it as but it actually does a lot of interesting things uh especially and it feels you know uh again very relevant sadly still very relevant in terms of 
uh, the themes of, uh, and so I don't know if it fully works at that, but it, it's one of those movies that I feel like it's very, I can respect the hell out of what, uh, they were trying to do with it. Yeah. It it actually, um, in its own way tries to do the kind of social commentary that fifties sci-fi at its best would do. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it doesn't always work. And I think part of that might be because it's balancing that social commentary with the sort of expectations of a blockbuster. Right. Um, and, and sometimes those, those two halves of the movie don't quite fit together, but, but I really appreciate the social commentary stuff when it does work. Yeah. And it's so, uh, this opening scene, uh, really it caught me off guard this time. I, I guess I just, completely forgot about this but the way it's basically this you know it's uh dialogue free uh kind of interestingly shot like it's not i mean it opens in you know in in mountainous india in the uh, early 20 early 20s and it's just it's an odd scene that i just wouldn't wouldn't have expected uh based on what it was sold as yeah it's just a really interesting decision to open your science fiction movie that everyone it's already being advertised as this has aliens in it and to say well no we're gonna open in the past right <laughs> yeah and there's the way so it's uh, keanu is a uh climber slash explorer who's you know it's kind of i it suggested a little bit that he's like kind of trapped in the storm and he uh but he comes across this uh odd ice covered sphere and it's really uh it's just a really interesting visual i like the fact that this I mean, it's, it's borrowing, obviously borrowing from the original, but, uh, it's still just an interesting, again, just, uh, and I, I think I don't really, I don't think I really grasped what was going on when I first saw it, like what the scene's actually saying. Um, but so are they like sampling his DNA to, yeah, that's right. I think it's basically, yeah, they just sent spheres all across the world and hoping people would find it. And then, uh, basically, yeah, take, basically take a DNA sample so that they can, uh, then send someone, uh, and I guess these spheres we learn later is that they're basically, they're basically the, the spaceships. Like they're essentially their way of traveling through, uh, space. And they can also pull things into them and apparently take DNA samples. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a much bigger idea than the flying saucer of the original. It, it, right. Uh, <clears throat> and it's sort of to their credit that, they don't try to spend a lot of time with exposition on how all of that works. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's actually a lot less exposition heavy than other movies. I mean, cause it's actually pretty efficient and I mean, it's, it's less than two hours long, which is kind of unheard of in terms of these, uh, big plot, especially if you're looking at that independence day, uh, like how much just ha- it's in this movie, it's very just about these few characters going through this situation. And, uh, to its credit, I think it works for the most part, uh, especially uh, in th- these setup scenes. Um, but then, like, skipping forward 80 years to the present day, um, and uh, this is, like, again, I think uh, the casting is really good in this movie. I think Jennifer Connelly does a good job. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know how well-written it is, but she, again, she's always great. But uh, just seeing those two together is uh, it's a pleasant uh, experience. Yeah, I thought she and Keanu Reeves, it's not at all a romantic relationship. No. And it's sort of to the movie's credit that it's not. Because the original movie kind of plays with that a little bit. Um, 
But in this one, the, it's very sort of platonic. They're both sort of interested in the fate of the world. Um, but they have good chemistry on screen together. Yeah, I mean, for sure. And I think uh, they, yeah, they, again, it's, it's good that they didn't have a force of romance in there. But like, um, but it's also, there's also definitely a connection there that there's a, there's a trust there. But yeah, I agree that I like that it doesn't force in that there needs to be, oh, she's a female character, so she needs to have uh, a love interest. I mean, they still have the thing where basically it's her being a mother, but it's still, it's better than if it was just that she was, you know, fawning over this guy. Right. Now, I I am curious about what you thought, because I, this time around, was not as, I'm not much of a fan of Jaden Smith's performance in it. No, and, and I don't. I don't know how much of that is the writing and how much is his performance, but yeah. it just something weird is going on with it. Yeah, honestly, his character just kind of annoyed me this time around. Uh, I probably it probably happened at the same when I first saw it too, but I just yeah. Here, I don't. I don't know how much of it is Jaden's fault. I mean, he's still he was very young. This is maybe his like what second or third movie. Yeah, I think uh, I know he had done Pursuit of Happiness at this point, but I'm not sure how much else as far as like dramatic roles he had had. Right, but ultimately, I think. I don't know what kid could pull off that, uh, the way that he's written. It's basically just to be, basically be an obstacle until the last minute when he's like, now he's fine. Now he's good with everything. Uh, yeah. yeah, he just kind of, it's a very underwritten character for sure. But yeah. And, and I even, uh, thought like he goes from begging, please don't hurt me to thank you. Please take me with you in like five seconds. Right. And, and it just, it felt forced. Yeah, and goes from, like, you're my terrible stepmother who doesn't understand my feelings to, um, I'm sorry. Like, in, yeah, again, in no, no seconds flat. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so it, but again, the, the way that it sets up uh, is done well. Like, I mean, immediately we get that she's his stepdad, or stepmom, that her dad, that his dad's probably dead, that mm-hmm. uh, they have a strained relationship, and then she immediately gets uh, scooped up by the... And this is where it makes you think the, the Independence Day, uh, that type of where it's uh, just, you know, a bunch of scientists being picked up by uh, just any number of disaster movies start this way. Yeah. And and it, it sort of helps as, as sort of Jennifer Connelly as audience surrogate because she doesn't know any more than we do. Even sure. though she's an expert in her field, she, they, they don't tell her what's going on until she gets there. Right, and all the yeah, all the other scientists are just like they're kind of. I, I kind of like the scene where they all where they end up on the plane together, and they're like they basically figure out in like thirty seconds that the number of scient- different scientists that are there, and that there's a even a civil engineer there. That like clearly this is some major event happening, and that I like how that they quickly piece that together. Yeah, it lets us sort of keep in mind that these are all smart people. Um, right, that that they're. Uh, they're not just along for the ride. Yeah, and so, uh, yeah, they're taken to this military base where uh, presumably this guy, uh, Dr. Michael Granger, is uh, Helen's friend, who's played by John Hamm, and I completely, honestly completely forgot John Hamm was in this. I did too. Uh, <laughs> and this was a right, this is right around the, the beginning of Mad Men, so it, it, it makes yeah. sense that he would be uh, there, but it's just, and Kyle Chandler also completely forgot. Yep. Yeah, uh, really, I think the only people I remembered being in it were Jennifer Connelly and uh, Keanu Reeves. Sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, th- I maybe vaguely remember Kathy Bates, but honestly, yeah, yeah I agree with uh, 
So he informs, uh, you know, Helen and the other scientists that this uh, massive cosmic object, probably, they assume it's a meteor, is, you know, headed straight towards Manhattan. Uh, but again, there's more like, uh, these scientists, these scientists are, a lot of the times in movies like this, uh, there's always some scientists playing dumb, or that some, like, not, but this is not the case. They're all, they're all immediately weirded out that, you know, like, what, what are the chances of a meteor that are going to strike, strike directly in Manhattan, you know, the most populous city? Like, of course, that's, that's very strange, and they, they point that out, which is, uh, you know, again, something I appreciated. Yeah. And, and there's a bit in this early scene, um, at the the government installation where uh, Jennifer Connelly sneaks into the bathroom to call home Mm -hmm. um, because she snuck a cell phone in. And uh, after she hangs up, someone bangs on the door and it's another, it's a soldier. And the soldier says, is that a cell phone? Can I borrow it? And and I just really thought that was a a neat emotional moment that helped humanize at least the, the soldiers, if not the government in a broader sense. Right. Um, I, I just thought it was a nice scene. Yeah, it's a really it's a really nice beat, and it helps. Yeah, both uh, again, like you said, humanize them, but also to show that like uh, it, it's it's not only especially because later on they're going to have scenes with uh, you know riots happening for resource you know like what happened in lots of alien invasion movies, but yeah, to have that early on to show like uh, I mean, because ultimately the movie is about does humanity deserve another chance, mm-hmm. and so having that early on helps sell that later. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it uh, they all head over to Manhattan to try to, I guess, do... Like, it's kind of like what exactly they can do to prevent a meteor from hitting... Like, they're do, talking about missiles, and they say that the missiles, uh, like, get destroyed somehow when they send them off towards it. Uh, right, and, and evacuation's where, not an option. They say that. Right. Uh, and then, obviously, when the meteor slows down halfway or right before it's about to make impact, it's clearly not a meteor. And so this is when they start realizing that it's, uh, uh, you know, some kind of alien vessel, uh, whether it's intelligent or not, they don't know. But, like, yeah, it's clear that it's not uh, a natural phenomenon. Uh, So then it it turns out that this uh, unknown object is a massive version of the sphere uh, from the beginning. So basically they send, they have basically, you know, they have multiple different, uh, sizes of these things, or maybe they can uh, grow and shrink as they need to, but uh, and then immediately again, this movie doesn't waste any time. There, you know, there, there would be another movie would be maybe a 15, 20 minute sequence of them studying the orb and doing, you know, but instead it's just right to the uh, right to the action uh, or right to the uh, Klaatu uh, revealing himself. Right. And, and, uh, and this, this is, it, it's, it's uh, a more blockbuster take on the scene, but it's very much the scene from the original of mm-hmm. the scientists and the military all showing up at once and the misunderstandings starting at the very beginning. Yeah, and uh, this whole movie is really uh, uh, visually interesting, I think, showed by Derek, like I, uh, Derrickson would later go on to do even, you know, with uh, Doctor Strange, I think is a much... Uh, more successful movie overall, but like you can see that he is a d- good choice for a uh, this kind of film, and he does a good job of uh, just making it, you know, uh, offbeat a little bit. Like it's a little, it's not, uh, it's not what you'd expect, especially these early, like of uh, just the way it's, uh, just the way he shoots it is interesting. I think. 
Right. Yeah. It's um, it's an interesting color palette. I mean, it's it's the teal and orange, which you see a lot of in blockbusters. Right. But it seems a little more um, deliberate in this one than in others. Um, it seems like it, the the lighting and color choices. Yeah, and also just and also just the events that are, that are happening that they're not like it's not just explosion after explosion. It's also just very people being uh, you know showing them being nervous, showing and he's also got obviously he had that horror background, so there's a little bit of that of uh, unease. I mean, it's still a PG thirteen blockbuster, so it's not actively scary, but definitely there's some bit of uh, success in showing the people being. Uh, you know, how you react to an alien invasion. Yeah, and, and the emergence of Klaatu and, and Gort at the beginning is, I mean, the tension is there. You feel that there is a sense of danger for everyone present. Right. Uh, yeah, and I like, you know, just the, again, uh, the the Gort design is pretty, so the, the CGI, I mean, it's always CG's not going to uh, hold up that well, but again, I think... Gort, especially, like, he, I mean, he looks, I like the design of him. I mean, it's fine, but it's just, like, uh, it's, there's something about it where I think the, the Klaatu form is more, holds up better than uh, Gort, but that's just, that's Yeah, just I, I will say, there, there's a, the reveal of what Gort turns into at the end, I think, helps justify the how artificial he looks earlier sure. on. Um, I, I think that that's sort of a... It's sort of a cheat, but it allows the CGI to not hold up as well, and it's still okay. <laughs> right. That makes sense? Yeah, I, I agreed. And it's, uh, honestly, it held up better than I thought it would, especially compared to some other movies around this time. But it's, uh, and I think, again, that's, sort of, that's credit to uh, Derrickson and the crew of doing a good job of uh, making that, the CGI is not important, it's more the way, uh, I mean, it's very, you can see the influences of him trying to do, you know, Close Encounters, or the where the just it's more the way people are reacting to it than anything else. But yeah, and, and I am kind of glad that they mostly kept the the classic look for Gort. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I had read that initially in some drafts of the script there were plans to make it like sort of a giant sort of spider type machine or something less humanoid. But I'm glad they went with the classic sort of robot look. Yeah, and honestly, I think that would have been yeah that would have been a disservice to the themes and everything of it being, yeah, this, like, objectively horrifying thing, it's better that it's, yeah, like, it's, it should be classic Gort. Uh, I don't, I, it's been a while since I've seen the original, but did the original have it, that it was an acronym, or no, is that new no, to that's this? just its name, okay. yeah. Yeah, so, so that is something, they only say Gort once in the whole movie, and it's, the, the soldiers have named it the genetically organized robotic technology. Right. Uh, and, and so, uh, when, uh, this emerges, so like the, uh, some trigger happy soldier shoots Klaatu and then this is where like Gort's about to destroy everything. But then this is where he under his breath says, uh, Klaatu brought a Nikto and it's like never, they don't, it's not like in the original where he like becomes his catchphrase. It's like very much, uh, it, I don't think you would be able to actually know what he said if you didn't know the original. Yeah. But. Yeah. It's, it's heavily distorted. Um, like it, it's, um, sort of hidden in the sound mix a little bit, um, right? but, but it's nice that it's there, uh, for, yeah. for people like us that had seen the original, it's nice that it's there. <laughs> right. For sure. Uh, and, and then, uh, they rush Klaatu to, uh, and this is where I think it's interesting though, again, like this whole thing where, uh, 
this like gray silverish shape around him is basically like this uh they describe it later as like basically placenta like it's essentially the birthing uh it's like the only way for this species to survive on other planets is to be born on that planet and i think uh again it's classic uh surgeon doing stuff thing you know in a facility but like it's just that idea is uh surprisingly uh thought out uh it's it's just it's just interestingly done and the design is interesting. Like, it's got this sort of shimmering effect under the surface that looks cool. Um, mm-hmm. I'm guessing probably a mixture of practical and CGI. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, because there's part where, like, when they put it in the the vials and stuff. But then, yeah, like, when it's when they're not interacting with it, yeah, it's probably uh, a CG form. And then, uh, and then, yeah, like, it, they start to realize that, like, they pull it apart. And then Keanu, uh, of course, is now, you know goes into the fetal position because he's being born. So obviously he's going to do that. Uh, but yeah, this whole, just this whole situation is, uh, and then as soon as he gains consciousness, of course, there needs to be the, uh, the government military starts, need, American military needs to be start showing its might. And the secretary of defense has got to be, uh, you know, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, just not helpful. Uh. Yeah. And it, I did think it was sort of an interesting choice uh, in the, the script uh, that the president of the United States is very much a presence in the film, but never on screen. Right. Uh, yeah. She, she explains that, yeah, basically the president and the vice president are uh, in different locations. But yeah, that's interesting that, yeah, they never once uh, show the president and it's basically that... And I think it actually works for the themes of it that, especially later on when Kathy Bates starts to soften a little bit, uh, mm-hmm. but still is uh, just going to listen, just going to blindly follow the uh, president is, yeah, I think it, it works thematically. And it's also sort of in this this scene where we, we finally sort of get a look at Keanu as Klaatu. Right. Um, I really liked those early scenes of him experiencing the physicality of his body for the first time. Yeah. He does a great job, especially where uh, there's a part where they're like, uh, he like asks for water and just the way he like, uh, even just the way he handles the cup and is like, uh, and again, just the line delivery is perfect. Like this is another, uh, just again, like you said earlier that no one around this time would have been able to pull that off as well as uh, Keanu and doing that, uh, just basically discovering humanity is really, uh, it's really interesting and it's slowly, uh, it's, it's slowly observed, like it's not rushing through it at all. It just does, it just, just kind of dwells on that fact of him coming to terms with his new form. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, and it's, and there's a little, it sort of carries through the film, uh, this, him not quite being comfortable in his own skin. Like the way he moves is never entirely natural. Right, like, and, like he, yeah, and like he's never done the way he looks at people is like, yeah, like that he's just does not, isn't, yeah, like you said, like just not, uh, he just does not know how to deal with it. But it's just, it's really interesting the way he uh, slowly, uh, I mean, and he's never fully like, it's not like I, I was honestly, you know, some movie would maybe make him again start making him more human as the movie goes through, but that's not really the case here. Uh, I think mm-hmm. he does learn more about uh, again, classic of him learning to accept and uh, appreciate humanity more, but at the same time, he's still very much not a part of it. Right. 
yeah, so they, uh, yeah, so he uh, takes consciousness and then uh, they, uh, Secretary Jackson's gonna, you know, immediately starts treating him with hostility, thinking of talking about, you know, that the, the whole uh, more advanced species comes in, it's gonna wipe out the, or more advanced civilization's gonna wipe out the less advanced one. Uh, but, and, but Jennifer Connelly is the heart of the movie and the way she just is like, very, and I, I like how it's very, it's very much a pro-science, pro-peaceful uh, uh, reactionary movie where, like, the scientists are always the reasonable ones uh, in the movie. And yeah. I appreciated that. Yeah, and you can sort of see sort of the beginnings of the climate change debate happening in this. You can see sure. the fact that it was in production at the end of the Bush administration um, with the the whole preemptive strike doctrine and all of that right. like th- there's a lot of fairly recent events at the time just just under the surface of of what's going on right and it yeah it's it's almost like you know watching it now I'm honestly trying to think about uh back to where you know where I was when I first saw it of uh it being a little bit less uh effective honestly like just cuz where where we were where we were at the time of just uh, I mean, we knew about climate change, but we weren't necessarily, I mean, clearly we weren't taking it very seriously, but like watching it now and especially how bleak things seem to be getting, it's, it's a night, it was, I appreciated the, uh, again, the, the optimism there, but also the, uh, it just, it's, uh, it's even more effective now, I think, in terms of uh, that aspect of it. Yeah, I agree. I, I think again at the time, I I think I was looking for other things in the movie than than that. But but looking at it now, it seems maybe even more relevant than than it was at the time. Right, and it's sad sad as it is, but yes, like it. Uh, uh, and it's not again. They don't actively. They, they again. Keanu later says Clouded reveals that yeah, he's there to save the planet from us, but it's not explicitly stated what the reasons are uh it's more just like we have too much technology we have too much fossil it's it's said without being explicitly stated right it's just kind of alluded to that that's probably why that's what they're referring to Um, yeah and it's it's me and it's certainly less explicit than the 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 original film where klaatu like just flat out says other planets are worried because you have nukes right (laughs) Uh, right. And so, yeah, in this, it's more, it's just like, uh, that they, uh, it's the class, you know, humanity is the virus is basically destroying the planet. And so they need to, uh, save it. Yeah. So it's, but again, it, it's clear where, it, if you actually, if you watch it and pay attention, that's clearly what they're saying, but it's just, uh, it's, it's a little bit subtler than uh, I was expecting, but, uh, yeah. so Klaatu breaks out of, uh, this is a cool scene where he's like the polygraph test. Uh, there's just this great, the uh, matter-of-fact, almost monotone way Keanu is taking this test is really great. And there's just this, I remember, I remember the tra- line from the trailer of him saying, uh, you should let me go. And that's just a, I feel like it's a classic Keanu line and delivery. Yes. Um, and, and of course, the outcome of that scene um, is that... It's not really a mid two thousands Keanu movie until he's wearing a black suit with a skinny tie. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, obviously he has to be in a suit, of course. Uh, and but then, yeah, like the uh, and where Klaatu's basically unstoppable. Where there's like he's 
it's a there's nothing they can do to prevent him from doing what he needs to do. Um, and so it's clear through everything, every bit of force they do, and it's uh, it's not even a contest. It's uh, and I guess that's also the first indication we get that he has powers that involve electronics, right? Because uh, he can like he somehow uses the polygraph test to control the technician to give him uh, all the information he needs to escape. Uh, but yeah, that he's basically, and again, later when he uh, saves a cop with the cop car, uh, like uses the right. electricity to like revive him and even like unbreak his bones. Like uh, basically, yeah, he can do. Uh, and honestly, I think uh, it's, again, it's never stated what, it, and I, I'm actually glad about that. They don't go through exposition dump of explaining how he's doing what he's doing. It's just... Yeah, that he's converting the electrical energy into whatever and channeling it through... They don't do that. No. Uh, and then, so th- there's a scene where... Uh, I like the scene of him at the train station of just, like, not much... There's no much dialogue. It's basically just him observing humanity, and he sees this, like, the negatives of it, and the, you know, all he's seeing right now is, like... I mean, they show this guy, like, uh, steal a train ticket from a dude, and then he has a heart attack, and then he takes it anyway, and, like... so it's, And then... And also he eats uh, vending machine tuna salad, which can't be a great right. first impression. Right. <laughs> and the kid, like, watches him steal the sandwich, like, activate the machine with his powers. Right. Uh, and I almost thought there was going to be, it almost felt like there was going to be a scene of him, like, uh, getting M&Ms for the kid. Or something. That's what I, I almost thought. Right. Maybe, it was, maybe there was a deleted scene. But uh, anyway, he uh, notices he's bleeding, and so he needs help. So he calls, uh, or gets... It's unclear. It's, I guess he like tells a cop to call her. I, uh, whatever. Well, because he collapses, he goes into the the bathroom oh, right. and collapses. That's right. And, and I think, I think it's they never say it, but I'm guessing that the the guard or cop or whatever finds him and he gives the doctor's name, sure. the scientist's name. Yeah. Uh, and so she takes uh, Jacob, her stepson, to uh, go get him. And so there's a scene earlier where he was uh, it was early two thousand mid it was uh, late two thousand. So he's playing WoW, of course. Uh, but like, right. <laughs> uh, that's basically the only thing that they establish is that the kid doesn't like, uh, yeah, it's just underwritten. Like he only talks about pizza and then he's playing wow. And then he's like kind of being a di- little dick. And then like, it's, unc- it's, it's like the, there's a almost interesting character moment where she finds like, like he found his dad's old safety razor and it claimed right. it as his own. And, and like, that's the first indication of where his emotional issues are coming from. But it, it all just feels very on the nose and underwritten, like you said. Yeah, and just kind of like there because they need it there, but not actually developing it or making it count for anything yeah. or, you know, uh, slowly chipping away at him. It's just literally like, he needs to be this character yeah, like, because the plot needs to move forward. And yeah, their relationship tense. evolves. Their relationship evolves over the course of the movie because the script needs it to. Right. Uh, and eventually, so they... Uh, make their way. So this is where the military sends, uh, and this is re- the most actiony part. Like where there's uh, Robert Nepper is in it as just this uh, aggressive uh, command, you know, general or something. But he's only literally only in the movie when there needs to be some kind of attack happening. Yeah, uh, and he's clearly having the worst day of his career because everything that they do goes horribly wrong. Right. Like yeah, they send drones, and then the drones. Uh, the the missiles do nothing, and then he controls them and crashes them into a tank, and like, uh, 
And li- yeah, literally, he is his only purpose is. I, mean, I think he's only in that same like hangar, military hangar in both scenes. But uh, right, I think he he might be part of the crowd when when the Gort cloud emerges at the end. Yeah, no, he but, yeah, yeah, but yeah, only right. briefly yep. outside the door. Yeah. Uh, but 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 it's always when something bad is happening. He's he's never nothing that he does is ever effective or successful. Right. Uh, and so Klaatu uh, leads them to a, a McDonald's uh, where he's meeting with. And this is probably one of my favorite scenes in the movie is where he meets with uh, another uh, James Hong playing another. Oh, I was uh, so happy when James Hong showed up. I'd forgotten he had that cameo, and it's it's great. Yeah, it's a perfect. Uh, the scene's great uh, between them. Uh, just them here, seeing them, uh, you know, talking in Mandarin together is great. And just like the, uh, and so yeah, James Hong plays uh, another alien who's been living on Earth sent, you know, for like 70 years. Uh, and I just like the, just the way it's just a conversation and it's not hitting you over the head with the themes, but it's establishing them well of like him, uh, you know, he says like, if you, you know, Klaatu kind of says, you know, if you don't leave, you'll die. And he said, but I'm ready for that. Like I, you know, he said, like, I basically hated being here for 60 years, but now as it's my life's ending, I see that, you know, I'm lucky to live it. And so that's the very humanist sci-fi that I uh, always respond to. And again, it's not one of the best of that form. Like it's not, I don't think it's close to like Arrival or other movies like that, but it's, I'll always appreciate it even if it's a lesser form of it, but it's just, that's going to, I'm always going to respond to that and, I won't be able to dismiss a movie completely if it does that somewhat well. Yeah, me too. I mean, one of my all-time favorites is Close Encounters of the Third Kind. And and that kind of sci-fi just always works for me. And like I was saying before, I think the blockbuster elements of this sometimes go against those aspects of the movie. Sure. But but when it works, it really works. And that scene with James Hong is one of the ones that really works. Yeah, and uh, just... Like and there's this and there's also this beat with uh, Jennifer Connelly talking to his like grandson or son and you know he says like you know, are you one of them uh, and it's just a good mo- of like and he's like he doesn't know what the hell she's talking about but it's also just a nice right. thing of like showing that this alien did act you know end up living a life and that's just a nice it's a it's a nice moment yeah he sort of assimilated right. Uh, and just seeing Keanu react to that is really great. Like, of Klaatu, like, not being able to comprehend why he would do that. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's kind of literally the point of it, is him slowly learning uh, more about that and want, eventually caring enough to uh, do something about it. But, uh, yeah, so then uh, he has Helen drive him to uh, the middle of the woods, and this is where we start to realize what... Uh, this council of planets, which you said earlier, is basically like a group of basically all the other life-sustaining planets in the universe have kind of developed this uh, council or something that makes decisions of uh, what to do and what to save. And this is where it's basically basically this plan is Noah's Ark. It's like that these spheres are going to pull in other species to make sure that they survive if the planet. Although it's a, it's a little unclear to me exactly, like, because why do an arc if the plan is to wipe out humanity and technology to save the other species? Maybe it's just yeah, like all a I can fail figure is I, all I can figure is that the 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 Gort cloud is so destructive that they want to make sure that enough samples of other species survive it. 
Okay, so, so yeah, like the cloud will wipe out us and all signs of us, and then they'll basically repopulate with the creatures they saved, essentially. Yeah, I think that's the idea. Right, that the swarm is the flood, and so that, yeah. Because yeah, uh, Klaatu says at one point um, that once humanity is eliminated, they'll give Earth the chance to start over. Sure. Uh, yeah, and there's this great, great line of, you know, if you live, the Earth dies. If you die, the Earth lives. And just, and again, Jennifer Connelly reacting to the, like, being completely take because she trusted him and thought that he was there to help them. But she, you know, when she, but it's also, she's a scientist, so she kind of knows he's right. But at the same time, it's like, he also cares about humanity. And uh, it's just all, her performance is really well done in that scene. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and um, that that sort of struggle between sort of logically knowing sort of the state of the world versus self-preservation right. is, is it's interesting to see that struggle happening internally. Right. Uh, and, uh, and there's another, so another thing throughout these scenes of any time uh, Jaden Smith's character, Jacob is in it is like the only lines he has is like him saying for some reason, really wanting to kill Klaatu and like, like let's fight and destroy them and let's murder everyone. Like it's, it's an odd yeah. uh, character that ever, literally and, and, every and time he, he opens his mouth, he's saying, let's murder him. And his justification for it seems to be, because that's what his dad would do, because his dad was a soldier. But fairly early on, Jennifer Connelly is like, yeah, no, his dad was in the army, but he was an engineer. Right. He built stuff. I don't know where this killing comes from. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess it could be a thing of like, like the maybe the script is trying to say, like... Uh, but it's, it never goes there, but like saying that this is what a kid raised post nine eleven would be like, you know, would, uh, but yeah. it's never really, it's like, it's just, it's played, paid lip service to that, but never actually exploring what that would do to it. Like, and, uh, just never fully yeah, something, getting into something in like that. the cycle of violence post nine eleven that, that the, the various wars started, his dad was deployed, his dad dies, the anger sort of seeps into the kid, the kid also, you know, I, I can see that there, but like you said, it, it's not fleshed out very well. Well, and like, it would be better if like, maybe he had those moments and moments of weakness or he was, you know, really upset, but like, they need to balance that out with some kind of, uh, so that when he eventually turns to be on his side, that it, you know, it's effective, but it just... He's really, yeah, it's the weak link in the script for sure. Um, but then also, like, he's like, really wants to kill Klaatu, but then at the same time, he's like, please don't hurt this cop that's going to shoot you. Like, and it's, it's a little, it's just, uh, it's just, like, he needs to be that for the moment so that we can so show that Klaatu does at least care about, he doesn't, he's not a cruel person trying to wipe us out. He just thinks that that's the only way to save as much of life as possible. What's really interesting to me is that uh, even with sort of a more malicious Klaatu than the original had, because from the very beginning, his mission is essentially destruction. Um, but they still sort of kept a lot of the fairly subtle, uh, like, religious allegory. Like, he has a lot of Jesus-y moments right. as Klaatu. Yeah. Um like the the resurrection of the cop is is one, but but even there's a scene 
after that, when they're being, this is skipping ahead a little bit, so I'm sorry. Which is but, fine. Uh, yep. <laughs> when they're being uh, chased by the helicopters. Um, oh, right. And, and they target Klaatu and the laser sights are creating stigmata on his hands. Right. Uh, I mean, it's very, yeah, it's, Again, uh, Derrickson is uh, known to be, he's a, a believer, and so, like, that, it, it makes sense that they would be there, but yeah, it's very, th- that's definitely the most, uh, this is Space Jesus uh, moment of the yeah. movie. Yeah, and, and that is in the original. In the original, he goes by the alias Mr. Carpenter, mm-hmm. so it, it it is there. Sure. Um, but, but I just thought it was interesting that that carried over, because it's, you don't usually see that kind of religious allegory in sort of. 21st century sci-fi. Right. Uh, and so then this is where, uh, when she sees that, when Helen sees that he uh, saves the cop, uh, and he's like, he's an obstacle, I meant him no harm. He, she is where she kind of realizes that she can convince him to give humanity another chance. And uh, her idea is to take him to her mentor, uh, Dr. Barnhart, played by John Cleese, who's in, and, uh, always nice to see John Cleese and as the... It was another nice surprise. <laughs> right. Uh, kind of eccentric scientist that also deeply cares, you know, she says, like, he won an award for biological altruism or something, Nobel Peace Prize, and mm-hmm. uh, it's just a good scene of, like, uh, classic, uh, he sees the, the the advanced alien sees the chalkboard and sees the formulas wrong, and so he fixes it, uh, but just, like, the, the Cleese uh, entrance is great of just, like, him suddenly being there and just them working together silently. Uh, yeah, that they're sort of communicating science. through math, yeah. Right. Uh, that, that's that's a really nice moment, and with the Bach playing in the background, and yeah, and Tatu realizing that it's beautiful, and so like again, it's it's a again when the I wish that the movie had been more like these scenes, like you know I get that they to make a big budget sci-fi movie they're gonna have to make it have lots of explosions and uh, stuff, but if it had focused more on that, I think it would have been could have been uh, up there with some of the best of these kinds of movies, but ultimately I it, still it, respect that it at least it has those moments in there. Yeah, but it, it is sort of interesting because I think we're both sort of landing on the same thing there, that uh, the, the movie works best in these quieter moments, the, the sort of contemplative moments. Right, for sure. And it's, again, another thing, like Keanu is the perfect to be that sort of genuinely uh, good, like that, that he doesn't, again, he's not, not never cruel. I mean, a little, again, like you said, he's a little bit malicious, but at the same time, he's ultimately empathetic with their their plight and this this conversation where they have yeah. where he, it's more that he has a mission that he's there to right. complete uh but like the way that they explain it that like again this is a little you know very optimist very uh where he says like when we're on the precipice this is when uh we change and uh i the optimist in me doesn't definitely responds to that and it's just kind of refreshing to have that especially compared where a lot of movies these days are very nihilistic in that sense, and having that, that, that there could be a way to save Earth and save humanity is it's a nice sentiment for sure. And and it's a really great setup for when it gets repeated again at the end, right? Uh, so yeah, the, uh, you know, lots of stuff happens. Jacob called again. Jacob got to be annoying, so he calls the military to come get Klaatu. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then I do like this part where of like where there it just made me laugh of. They're, like, running through the woods, and suddenly the helicopters show up, and this guy, like, uh, repels down and grabs her. It's just, it's it made me laugh. I don't know if it was intentionally. It, it reminded to, me of, it, it reminded me of Batman Begins for some reason. <laughs> like, like the, the scenes where Batman just pops out of nowhere and grabs a criminal. Right. And, 
Yeah, like, oh, oh, God, there he is. Uh, yeah. Uh, and it's so, just yeah, funny they grab her, uh, they leave, and then like it's this a is welded where, area. This is where that. This is where the moment of uh, Jacob making that switch from being "Don't kill me" to "Let's go help each other now." Uh, right. And again, like there's a scene where he comes up with the so like Helen eventually convinces the Secretary of Defense to let her and uh, John Hamm go reason try to reason with Claw Two before it's too late. Uh, but it's funny that there's moment yeah of like, uh, and then Jacob goes like. Oh, maybe you can bring my dad back to life. Like it's just again, just because they need him to be now somewhat sympathetic, uh, you know, try to be able to empathize with this character who's basically just been an annoyance the whole time. Yeah, and, and that's the scene is an interesting idea. Like I, I can see what they're going for with that, but Jaden Smith was either too young or too inexperienced to pull off sort of the the emotion of that moment in a way that felt genuine right i mean but there's also this good where he breaks down there's this great shot of him uh, like a zoom it's a long you know a wide shot of him uh breaking down with the uh and it doesn't make makes a good choice of not actively seeing him break down because maybe he wouldn't have been able but it's it's well uh well shot with the uh yeah. the graves and just showing him uh it's just a yes yeah, well it's yeah i, I do think effective. that that it the way they shot it probably may have been making the most of what they had. Right. Uh, but but it, it, it's an effective visual of Klaatu and, and the kid there in the graveyard. Right. Uh, and so then this is where uh, Gort, uh, they're trying to drill into it, and this is where the real, Gort was basically uh, containing this uh, nano-insect virus that's going to be the real uh, way uh, I think that's interesting. It's not just that uh, Gord's going to go zap things. It's like this more uh, it, this visual of uh, almost you know again going back to the religious allegory that it's basically a swarm of locusts. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're it, it's like a biblical plague, right? Uh, and that's that's a good. I think that's a good uh, concept for sure. And it, it's visually interesting. Like these little bugs are uh, just like tearing through everything and everyone in the way and. Uh, now we get Kyle Chandler suddenly being a bit of a jerk, like being the classic, uh, you know, I'm going to sacrifice, I'm willing to sacrifice this, uh, technician who's figuring the drill, but once you ask me to sacrifice myself, I'm going to be, uh, belligerent about it. Right. Uh, and so yeah, it kills everyone. Uh, it starts breaking out. Um, but then this is where, and, and this movie, it really, I feel it, it ends very quickly. Like once the, it's basically like. The third act is almost like fifteen minutes long. Like it's, it basically just goes from scene to scene to scene to the, and then suddenly it's over. Um, yeah, and, and some things that almost don't get enough time to pay off. Like uh, right, like when when they're rushing to the sphere in the park and the military just stops chasing them so that the missiles can hit them. Right, and then so that John Hamm and, can die. So there's some sort of uh, that some actual character that we know. Past, you know, gets killed. But it's all—it's all so fast that I don't feel like the consequences ever really registered. No, because yeah, there's because no moment of her like to. reacting to the fact that her friend is dead, or even yeah. even if it's like a minute long scene of her like, or even thirty seconds of it's really just like we need to get to this scene so we can. It, it feels and, like and something that's not, where where the studio wanted it to be a certain length. <laughs> and it's not even a minute after that that uh, that 
the kid is infected. And so, you know, it's sort of tragedy compounding on tragedy without a moment to breathe. Right. And then Keanu immediately, you know, pulls the bugs out of him and now he's alive and now I'm going to go stop the swarm. And it, it's a, it's visually interesting the way he goes out into the uh, swarm and he like, you know, puts out his hands in this beam of light and like it's, uh, but again, it just happens so quickly and literally maybe like he, uh, the swarm gets wiped out and then also... I guess it's that all technology, it's like all electronic, electric technology is now disabled on Earth. Is that, I guess that's what they're saying. Yeah, yeah, which, and that's, it's funny, because in the original movie, that's like the middle of the movie. Oh, wow. It's, that's that's where the title comes from, is that's the day the Earth stood still. It's right. It so shuts that, off all electronics. Yeah, but in this, it's literally uh, in the last two minutes of the film. Uh, yeah, because originally, originally, that's his... That's his demonstration of power so that they'll take him seriously. Sure. Uh, and it's, I guess if you don't want to pick out on it too much that there would be, you know, like, why would stopping, uh, let, make humanity suddenly, uh, fix the earth? Like, it's, it's an odd thing that is, are they going to go back to the I Stone Age it, now? Like, it's, I guess it forces an immediate halt to, like, fossil fuels and things. Sure. But... But I feel like someone somewhere is going to start building new engines or something. Right. They'll, they'll fi- we'll find a way to start messing the planet up again. The, the right. Cynic in me, but, but. but it is, it's funny because it, and I'd sort of forgotten that that was the ending. Um, and when it hit, I, I immediately thought to myself, oh, they're doing the escape from LA ending. <laughs> right. Where it's, yeah, it's just, it's, it's literally like, it's over. Like it's, it liter- it's, there's no even, there, you think there'd even be a scene at least of, Showing her and her son now, like, skipping, maybe skipping uh, yeah. a few years ahead and showing that, oh, look, now humanity's good now. But instead of just literally, nope, it's over. It's, it, it literally, uh, it's, you know, she says, he says, uh, he's leaving and then cut to black. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's abrupt. It's surprising. Um, I don't know that it has quite the impact that they were going for with that ending. And so, yeah, I but, think I, rem- I think I even remember now remembering back of like when I saw it in the theater, I was like, "That's it! Like that's that, that's the ending." Uh, uh, but and it's funny because if it was to come out now, I would immediately think to myself, well, "Was there something after the credits?" Right, uh, some final <laughs> scene of showing humanity after the fall of technology. Right, but no, it's that's it, uh, and so it. Honestly, but overall, though, I, I it's not a great film, I, but it's also not, I don't think it's the disaster that people talked about it as, like this, I mean, it was a pretty big no. box office failure, but... No, like, I I mentioned uh, when I was sort of listing movies earlier, like, it was not all that far off from when Day After Tomorrow came out, and, and I think it, it compares very favorably to that movie. Right, because uh, that has a similar... Suddenly, like, oh, we're all... But at, at the same time, this one uh, actually has something to say. It's more than just spectacle. And it... The ending's abrupt, but at least it's not two and a half hours long, then to an abrupt and, ending. And it's not as heavy-handed. Like, right. there, I can envision a version of that ending that's longer, but also a lot preachier. And it didn't do that. Right. Uh, and I, I think, uh, in terms of the classic sci-fi, it's not one of the best, but it's definitely not up there with the worst. I think it's, and again, it's ultimately it's the, the intentions of it make me forgive a lot. And it's just, it's in the end, it's, it's, it's a middle of the road movie, but at the same time, it's, I got to respect the intentions of the filmmakers 
and and it really is elevated, I think, by how well cast Keanu Reeves and Jennifer Connelly are. For sure. Uh, yeah, honestly, like it, it, anything that works is uh, they for sure elevate the script and elevate the uh, every scene of like Keanu being a convincing. Uh, arbiter of you know change and sacrifice and like he's yeah he's perfect for that for sure i i will say and this it didn't come up all that much talking through the plot but my least favorite parts of the movie are when you get away from them and it's just the scenes of the military failing to figure out what to do about court right uh yeah it it just kind of it 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 as much as like that's when a lot of stuff is happening it almost it halts the movie completely. Like it just feels like, can we get, please get back to Keanu and uh, Jennifer Connelly talking about the merits of humanity now? Like, <laughs> and it adds spectacle because that's where you get most of the explosions and the action and that. But it but it doesn't move the narrative forward at all. No, it, for sure. Uh, and again, that's I think that's what, that's definitely what holds it back. And I would almost again, you got to judge a movie for what it is. But at the same time, I can't help but wonder if they had really committed to trying to make the the auteur version of the you know the uh make it what it what works best but in the end it's yeah. just kind of that uh so i i would yeah, honestly I, I i do sort of i do sort of feel like there's the movie that scott derrickson wanted to make and the movie that the producers wanted and what we got was somewhere in between the two right because this was his first blockbuster so he had to i'm glad that he got to do dr strange where he got to fully uh explore his uh you know make that movie he wanted to and uh, mm-hmm. it was good, to, you know, but at the end, I think this is, I would recommend people, uh, can't, can't fans, especially to give this a shot, uh, especially if it's on HBO at some point and you want to, you know, like it's, it's worth, uh, it's worth seeing if you're a fan of his. And I, I honestly think it's worth, uh, a look back at it after, uh, 10 years or down the right line where you're, where yeah. the expectations are yeah. a little changed now. I, I like I say I had not watched it since not long after its release when it first hit DVD and I was pleasantly surprised because my memories of it were not all that positive but but revisiting it now I I, I had fun with it yeah I honestly didn't I I expected to not like this because uh, uh, this is my first time since the theater I think uh, seeing it all the way through so I was definitely pleasantly surprised at how uh, I reacted to it now uh, thanks for joining me Trey uh, do you want to I'll give you an opportunity to plug anything that you're uh, doing on the old internet. Yeah, sure. So, um, so I have recently started co-hosting a podcast myself. Um, it's called Tomb of Ideas. Um, we are going issue by issue through Marvel horror comics, starting with the sort of classics of the 1970s. Um, I, I co-host that with James Hickson. We're part of the Cinepunks uh, podcast uh, network, and uh, so I, I do. So if you enjoy Marvel comics or horror or anything like that, uh, I encourage everyone to give that a listen. Um, I'm on Twitter at T underscore Lawson, or I sometimes tweet from the Tomb of Ideas handle at Tomb of Ideas. Um, and, um, and, uh, and those are uh, probably the easiest ways to uh, reach me online. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Trey. Uh, yeah, please go check out those podcasts. And uh, thank you for all for listening. Uh, joining me next time, where we'll be discussing the private lives of Pippa Lee, a uh, hard right turn. Uh, until then, keep being excellent to each other.